Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to my Good Nanny Radio, MGN Radio, the best show on Blog Talk Radio for family information and entertainment. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, and welcome to another fabulous edition of my podcast, MGN Radio. Um, we are really super excited because today um, is November 16th, this Wednesday. It's 3 p.m. on the East Coast and 2 p.m. on Central um, Time. My name is Tossie, and for those of you who might not know, MGM Radio is the number one show on Blog Talk Radio. We talk about parenting, information, and news, and anything that is of interest to our community. And as everybody knows by now, we have a president-elect, right? (laughs) And that is Donald Trump. So we're going to be chatting from a mom's perspective um, about this whole Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump. You know, after months of bitter fighting, a winner has been declared in the race to the White House. The people of America have chosen Donald Trump as their president. More than 120 million Americans went to the voting stations to choose their new commander-in-chief to produce a result that sent shockwaves throughout the world. So we're going to be chatting about the election 2016, but of course, as you know, we have to pay some bills, and I will be joined on the show by my mom, Dr. Robina Egamanye, and we're going to be chatting just about, you know, from her perspective about the election and then from her daughter's perspective, which is me. So stay tuned. We're going to pay some bills, and we'll be back to talk about election 2016. Hair Yum is the fastest-growing vegan hair care product on the market. Hair Yum can transform your hair with one wash. Cleanse with no harsh chemicals, sulfates, or detergents. The Hair Yum collection is available now at HairYum.com. Take the challenge. Go vegan. Get Hair Yum at HairYum.com. That's H-A-I-R-Y-U-M.com. Your hair will thank you for it. Stress. It's an unfortunate byproduct of living in our fast-paced society. If left unchecked, we can find ourselves caught in a web of anxiety, not knowing how to escape. Jeff of StressBusters.Healthcare has traveled extensively to train with the best in the field of stress reduction and is proud to share these 100% natural and best of all 100% drug-free methods with his clients. For the fastest and most effective way to reduce stress and anxiety, you can rely on the proven techniques of www.stressbusters.healthcare. Jeff has a 100% success rate on reducing stress and offers a money-back guarantee. Best of all, appointments are available in the comfort of your own home. For more information on this life-changing treatment, visit www.stressbusters.healthcare today and reclaim the joy in your life. 
Attention all parents, grandparents, educators, and anyone wanting to give something special to the ones you love. How about the gift of financial literacy and investing education? The Early Investor, How Teens and Young Adults Can Become Wealthy, is an amusing yet uncommonly realistic book that is imperative for a teenager or young adult to read, as well as anyone who would like to learn more about basic investing. The Early Investor is written from the unique perspective of the author Michael Ziza, who is an experienced financial literacy teacher, keynote speaker, and independent financial advisor. Michael teaches financial responsibility and the basics of investing in a fun but informative approach that includes simple charts and graphs to illustrate concepts. There is also a special chapter for parents and educators on how to teach children about saving and investing. The Early Investor is an essential and influential gift for all young people. You can buy The Early Investor at Amazon.com in a paperback or Kindle version. Ten percent of all book profits from The Early Investor are donated to the Save the Children Foundation. Visit Amazon.com for The Early Investor, How Teens and Young Adults Can Become Wealthy for more details. All right. So thank you to all our sponsors of MGM Radio. We appreciate you. So I'm going to connect. Hi, Mom. You're live. Hi. How are you? I am fabulous. Yay. So I'm so excited to be chatting with my mom because we're two different generations, but I think it will be great to give her, get your perspective. So why don't we just jump in? Before I do start, we are chatting about Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And although um, these views that we express are not necessarily views that MGM Radio as a brand or company um, wants to um, associate or define um, themselves with. Okay, so just some fast facts about the candidates. We know Hillary Clinton would have made history as being the first woman to win a presidential election in 2016. And she's a mom, and she's a wife, and she's 69 years old. Donald Trump is a businessman. He's a real estate investor. He is 70 years old. Um, He's had, you know, three marriages. And he has um, a couple, I think five children. Um, They're both educated, and they're both considered wealthy Americans. All right. So, Mom, what do you think happened in this election that happened, I think, eight days ago, November 8th? Like, what do you think happened with Hillary? Well, I think that uh, they were basing a lot of the information on polls, and you can't go by what people tell you. It's what they do. A person may be questioned about something and decide to, for their own particular purpose, to lie about it. Also, I think Trump had a distinct advantage uh, with a woman as his campaign manager, Kellyanne Conway. I think she statistically uh, set up the American map uh, so that uh, it was... uh, so that he would get the electoral vote, which is the vote that you need in order to uh, win. And he was able to go and speak to those particular places. Even though uh, Mrs. Uh, Clinton got the popular vote, still just getting California with, I think, about 55 electoral votes, uh, you need to really look at the map and have a strategy uh, planned 
in order to uh, overcome. So I think a lot of these things were overlooked. Also, I think this email uh, embargo that she seems to be uh, bogged down in, especially the last statement made by the FBI director, uh, really did not do her a lot of good because a lot of people, when they go into the polls, they remember the last thing negative that they heard about someone. And so a lot of people uh, had a preference for, well, this person is dishonest, uh, but they looked at uh, Donald Trump and said uh, with the (laughs) things that were being said that boys will be boys, essentially. Exactly, exactly. And you know what? I was like, so I was the FBI director Comey to just leave office. I just think he's he's just done so much damage, not only for Hillary but for the republic. I mean, he's just to me ineffective as an FBI director. I think you've got to have your ducks in the row. You are, you know, representing a entity that is highly respected and whose um, points or clarifications are really listened to by the American people. So when you had him reopening the email case days before the election was supposed to close, I think it was a real disservice. Um, There's buzz now that he's supposed to come out and, um, you know, say why he did what he did. But it's like, we don't want to hear from you. Go away. Bye. Um, He's just really, really um, a disappointment, I think, to the FBI organization as a whole. But you said something that was very interesting, Mom. I think it's a point that people overlook, Kellyanne Conway. And with that, we're going to just – I'm just going to tell you a few facts about her. She's very well educated, okay? She was also a former pageant winner. She's married with four kids. Um, She worked extensively with Republican lawmakers. Um, what else about Kellyanne? That's so much. Um, she was her parents divorced when she was younger, and she grew up in a house with her mom and her grandmom and two of her unmarried sisters. So she often jokes. So four Italian Catholic women raised her, and she's known Trump for a decade, and um, she worked on behalf of Ted Cruz before joining the Trump campaign, and she wrote a book titled what women really want. And um, she knows that the pollster business is male-dominated. However, um, she found particularly early on that, you know, ways to persuade um, pollsters and get her message across. And um, she's pro-immigration reform, or at least she was pro-immigration reform. Um, and she was among 60 Republican pollsters to sign the memo um, for pro-immigration reform. So she's very well educated, um, and I saw her on the campaign trail a lot, and I really think you're right. She really attacked this campaign in a strategic manner. Now, do you think Obama helped Hillary or hurt Hillary, Obama and Michelle? Uh, uh, sometimes uh, since uh, there was so much opposition to a lot of his policies. Even there were some blacks who did not uh, vote for her because they said that he was 
uh, she would be carrying out some of his policies, et cetera, and she did not come up with her own, then there might have been uh, a negative reaction to her and everything. One thing about Trump, you can say, is that he came up with a lot of problems that the Americans were having, and he broadcast them, problems with immigration, uh, problems with the middle class, problems with uh, trade, uh, all these different things. Because, and also you hit upon one thing, the United States is the greatest democracy ever devised by human beings. And everybody is saying that we are great, but he's saying we're not so great. We need to become great again and what we can do. He had more of a program that he was pushing uh, to make changes in the breakdown. And I noticed that uh, as far as Hillary was concerned, 94% of black women supported her. 64% of uh, Hispanic women supported her. But white women did not support her in the way that I thought they would. And I'm sure that there must be a reason for that. They must be looking at what is best for them, since a lot of these women were well-educated. Yes. And you know what? A lot of people have said white college-educated women cost Hillary the election. And we can debate about that, but we can debate about that. Um, I think they did, and my mom, you say you just don't think so. I think they did because one of the things that I noticed was with college-educated white women, they did not vote and support Hillary like everybody thought they would. And I said this early on in the campaign on my Facebook page. I said, every time I talk to one of my white friends, they are not for Hillary, whereas four or eight years ago, it was not the case. It was like a toss-up. Some liked Obama. Some was were not going to vote for Obama. But, and we can disagree, the white woman calls her to vote, and she can do her postmortem. but I'll tell you what was very surprising. African Americans and Latinos who overwhelmingly supported Barack Obama in, you know, the last two elections really did not come out and support Hillary. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody had their what are your t- what is your take on the African American vote because polls show that Donald Trump doubled what Mitt Romney got um in terms of votes in African Americans and Latinos. I think uh, I know a number of uh, especially African American uh, men who voted for Trump, and they said that his program uh, was had a better reference feel for them than uh, the one that was being presented by uh, Mrs. Clinton. And then there appeared to be a I hate to say this, they appeared, a lot of people appeared not to like her. I think people like President Obama. I think they basically like um, Donald Trump. And I'm saying that because we don't realize the power of television and reality television. All of that helped with respect to, I think, Trump's win 
uh, his uh, the his ability to go from one place to another. And let me say that these candidates were very energetic. Uh, they put a lot of millennials to shame in that they were going <laughs> from place to place making speech after speech. Personally, I think uh, a lot of people did went to the polls but did not vote for either one of them, or they wrote somebody else's name in there. And Obama was telling them that if you do this, it will be useless. You need to vote for one or other of the candidates. And some people, uh, one lady told me that she just uh, voted uh, for local uh, people who were running, and she just left uh, the presidential uh, decision blank. I said, what was the point of that? But she said she didn't consider either one of them as representative yeah. for her. Yeah, and you know what? And and now that, you know, we, we can talk about it, and we'll probably in the history books be talking about why she lost and why she won. Um, we do, What we do know is Hillary won the popular vote, but like you said, Kelly Conway, um, Kellyanne Conway's strategy was that electoral vote, and people are always talking about the electoral college. It costs, you know, presidents, you know, the election because people go with it, and now there's rumors that people are trying to do away with it. Um, I don't, I don't know about that. I, you know, I just think the way it's set up, there's room for discussion. There's room for discussion, but well, we do have a new. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to talk a little bit because I think the Electoral College is very interesting. Uh, it is established in Article 2 of the U.S. Constitution, uh, where they, of course, they established the executive power as uh, president of the U.S. and the term. And it states that each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct numbers of electives equal to the whole numbers of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in Congress. But no senator or representative or person holding an office of trust or profit under the U.S. shall be appointed to elector. Now, this, this electoral college is a process more than anything else. Uh, these people that started our country were afraid of democracy. They were afraid of poor people. They were afraid of rich people. And one of the interesting people who came up with this concept was Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> and you know there's this Broadway show about Hamilton. And he, uh, were, he and uh, two other men wrote what we call a very comprehensive book called the Federalist Papers. And they uh, felt that the Constitution was designed to ensure that the office of president would never fall to the lot of any man who is not an eminent degree endowed with the requisite qualifications. The point of the Electoral College is to preserve the sense of the people, while at the same time ensuring that a president is chosen by men most capable of analyzing the qualities adapted to the station and acting under the circumstances favorable to deliberation. And so this is now, his words of what uh, that was to mean, that you have to, you need qualified people to vote. That's right. People that's right. That's right. <laughs> people, <laughs> and you need qualified people to run. 
Yeah, and just because a lot of people, most most people, you know, listening to the show or around the world, you know, a lot of people say when Hillary talks, she she uses her education, and people just want to break it down simply. You know, mm-hmm. the electoral college, basically, like you said, the end. Everything you said could have been summed up with the end. You want to make sure that they're qualified and everybody, you know, gets the vote, basically. Uh, One of the things I think Donald Trump was very, very good at, and now we have a new president. We're going to jump into his policies, but I just want to say this, and thanks for talking about the Electoral College. But one of the things that Donald Trump was very good at is he spoke in a very plain, simple manner. We all value education, but I heard it over and over and over and over again about Hillary. She speaks like she's talking down to me or she talks, she uses all these, you know, big fancy words. I just want to know immigration, we're going to take the Mexicans out. Guns, we're going to keep them. Just very simple language because the average working, you know, American that maybe has a high school education, which we know the demographics of Donald Trump's supporters Somebody reading the Electoral College definition is probably over their head, you know. But if you say, like you said, the last sentence, I think, sums it up. But now we know we have a new president-elect, which is Donald Trump. So let's talk about some of his policies, Mom. Um, One of the things I want to start with is one of the biggest things that he talked about which was immigration, immigration, immigration. So mm-hmm. what his vision is, is he wants to basically build a fence, I don't know, a wall, a fence that keeps changing. Um, he, he wants to um, boost wages and ensure that open jobs are offered to American workers first and bring jobs back to America, stop shipping jobs to Mexico and China, and Mexico according to Donald Trump, Trump will pay for the wall. Now, what are your thoughts on that? you think it's going to happen? Well, already <laughs> there is a lot of discussion, uh, especially since a lot of this will have to take place from California. That is, a lot of the problems that California or, or some of these other states like that are having with respect to immigration and already the uh, head of the LAPD uh, there says he is not going to work with Trump in uh, ridding the country of illegal uh, immigrants. So I can see us having a problem with that, but I can understand we need, what we need is a new immigration policy. Congress needs to stop being so lazy and some of the other leadership, and they need to come up with a comprehensive immigration policy that can be applied across the board that no one will question because it is law. Right now, everything is so scattered. Some people are coming in, sneaking in, and all of that. And we just can't afford this. I agree with him on this immigration we cannot afford having people coming in and out all the time, uh, and we are always looking like a deer caught in headlights because of some of our decisions concerning this. We cannot let everybody in, or else our own people will suffer. And the one thing I liked about what some of the things that he said was that uh, Americans should come first. 
this is when it's your country, you need to come first. You need to take care of the business of uh, Americans, many of whom are downtrodden. We have drug problems. We have all types of problems. And many of these people are bringing in things that are detrimental to our health and security. All right, it's well put. Now, one of the things, and before we move on to immigration, because time is flying, one of the things I yeah. want to talk about is sanctuary cities. Donald Trump has preached he's going to end sanctuary cities. For those of you who do not know what a sanctuary city is, basically, again, I want to keep it simple, is basically a city where the United States or Canada has policies designed not to prosecute you if you're undocumented. And some sanctuary cities are, you know, Florida, um, my list jumps uh, from me now. Okay, Arizona, Colorado, um, um, Chicago, uh, New York, okay. some, some states, yes. Um, so I am, what are your thoughts, first of all, on, on ending sanctuary cities? I think that if uh, people do not want to give up sanctuary cities, uh, L.A. is viewed as one. Uh, I understand yeah. that all these people come out at night after they had in the daytime. <laughs> I recently went to L.A. and I said, oh, my goodness, the roads and everything are so <laughs> bad. Uh, you know, we just, I just think that uh, if, they refuse that they should cut out federal money for them. If they refuse, because we have to get, when you have so many undocumented and they are a large a number of them might be criminals, they need to be vetted to make sure that they are not. And then we have 750,000 that they call dreamers who possibly want to become citizens we need a process for those people who are legitimate and who are sincere. I have nothing against immigration per se, but there again, all of these things are resulting because we don't have a concrete policy. We need a policy. We need to pass a law <laughs> that says wow. something that has something in it. Otherwise, we're just... Uh, going in a circle, and I hope that when he says that he's going to fix immigration, that that will be a part of it, because if we just send people out and then they sneak back in again, and maintenance of a wall, and is this wall going to be virtual? Is it, uh, will they have it, uh, there are rumors that uh, it will be electrified. (laughs) That is interesting. (laughs) Electric wall as you're climbing over, wow. But you know what, um, again, Donald Trump, working class Americans, when you say I'm going to bring jobs back, I'm going to take out the bad guys, and I'm going to keep you safe, that resonates with very simple language. And I will give it up to Donald Trump. He used very working class, you know, high school level language to appeal to his constituents, and he won the election, right? Okay, now, one of the things that I know, we time is running out, but I wanted to talk about education. Let's just talk about very, very quickly. He wants to establish the national goal of providing school choice to every one of the 11 middle school-aged children living in poverty. Um, he wants to reform education. He doesn't believe in free, free tuition, but um, he wants to be able to immediately 
add an additional federal investment of $20 billion towards school choice. This will be done by reprioritizing existing federal dollars, which I hope that doesn't mean take from another organization. But, um, you know, that's his stance on education. I think he wants to push a lot of stuff to the state and federal level. Um, so what are, what are your thoughts? I mean, you are, you are a teacher in, you know, in public schools for many years. What are you hoping to see him do with education? Well, I am uh, impressed, first of all, with, I look at a person as to how they personally approach uh, education. And I noticed that all of his grown children are well-educated. So I'm assuming that he wants this for other children. But what we need to uh, know is that um, teaching uh, children and their parents and all of this is uh, very, very uh, often very, very difficult because of the things that these young children face when they are not in school. A school is a reflection of the society. And so a lot of times you have children bringing weapons to school because our society has a weapons problem. You have them bringing drugs to sale because our society has a drug problem. You have them not being disciplined because their parents consider themselves pals rather than parents. And so it takes up a lot of time when uh, people come out with silly, uh, well, I, I, I've never liked this statement, it takes a village per se. Who in the village is going, it takes a parent, or parents must care for their children first, and then the parent decides within their village who is trustworthy there. Uh, and so our society is, not strong, I don't think, in many ways with respect to uh, making sure that our children behave well enough so that they will benefit from any educational opportunity. Because this one thing about the U.S., and I've noticed uh, most so perhaps than any other place in the world, we have over 4,000 uh, colleges and universities, and so many people come to our country and bring their children, and they succeed. I can't see somebody coming from overseas and just running circles around our children unless we are not doing what we are supposed to do as parents. And I think that... Uh, all of this is very, very important because every child deserves a chance. If you are not educated, uh, then uh, it becomes a problem. I believe that uh, anybody born in 1960, uh, from 1960 on, every person who is born beyond that time should have at least a high school education at least a high school diploma. That is inexcusable. It is pure laziness if you do not have it. And uh, unless you are, you know, uh, you have problems, uh, drug addiction or something like that. But I think it is very, very important. Education is front and center as far as I'm concerned. 
He wants to get rid yeah, of. Yeah, we always but. say, and we always say, education is the great divide. Ten minutes left. Time is flying. So education, okay. we're hoping. Um, for what I'm hearing is we're hoping that Donald Trump's vision, you know, yeah. he can impart what he does on his kids to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that mm-hmm. works out. One of the things I wanted to, and we're just going to try to fly through these because time is ticking. Okay. Um, again, we're chatting about the election 2016. We now have a new president-elect, Donald Trump, and his vice president, Mike Pence. Um, mm-hmm. Child care. He wants to provide six weeks of paid leave to new mothers before returning to work incentivize employers to provide child care work and allow parents to enroll in tax-free dependent care savings accounts for their children. Some of this stuff is already happening. I just think he's got, he, wants to emphasize, he wants to emphasize some of these points. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then, what did you say? I'm sorry. I say I was impressed with those uh, things because a lot of women have to go straight back to work after they have a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, another thing that he's big on is national defense. Um, you know, a lot of people feel that, hey, when you're when you're tough, you, you've heard him all throughout the campaign, I'm going to get rid of ISIS. I'm not going to mm-hmm. announce what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to talk mm-hmm. so much. I'm just going to do it. He wants mm-hmm. to increase the size of the U.S. Army to 540,000 active duty soldiers. He wants mm-hmm. to rebuild the U.S. Navy with a total of 350 ships. He wants to grow the U.S. Marine Corps to 36 battalions, and he wants to work with Congress to fully repeal the defense sequester and submit a new budget to rebuild the U.S. depleted military. And he wants to revive and really look at the veterans' affairs and help our veterans. Now, a lot of people love this plan. Um, what are your thoughts on him wiping out ISIS? Is it doable? <laughs> I I think it's uh, doable but difficult because ISIS has entrenched itself in so many places, so many people involved, and a lot of the people who are doing this bidding are actually citizens of the country that they tr- are trying to destroy. So ISIS has become an international threat. But I hope he does. I hope he destroys uh, this. uh, It's uh, an evil. It's an evil way of uh, looking at the world. And so uh, I I like the idea of having uh, lots of soldiers and lots of protection. After all, we do have the... uh, the uh, right to bear arms, and so uh, there again, it's uh, very important to protect yourself, and that's one of the things that we learned from the Revolutionary Wars and other wars that we've been involved in. We have to have uh, protection, and so um, I'm very happy that he wants to build up and make stronger, if this happens, uh, the United States uh, military establishment. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, and you know what? In, a lot of people voted for, and in a few, I just want to kind of summarize a lot of stuff. We've talked about a lot of different things. And again, I think this was really fun. It goes by really quick. But a lot of people were 
voting based on emotions. They were tired of losing jobs, tired of feeling ISIS is bombing every second. Um, I know, you know, I voted on not just for her policies. I just said, oh, it'll be, it'll be nice to see a woman in the White House. And, you know, there's some stuff that has impacted people of lesser incomes that I think Democrats are usually in the forefront for. But when I'm reading Donald Trump's policies, they're not all bad. And um, now he's the president of the United States. We have to give him the respect um, mm-hmm. that he deserves and support him as a country and pray for him as a leader. Um, Mom, you've been you've seen a lot of presidents, Mom. You've you've been around for you know a long time, thank God. <laughs> but what do you, what do you think? A lot of people are, are forecasting Donald Trump is going to be impeached, and they're saying different things. But what do you, how do you think? Just initial gut so far. He's already made some cabinet selections. We know that Dr. Ben Carson has declined to be in his cabinet said he didn't have government experience, and I said, God, he ran for president, but that's another story. But well, what do you think about Donald Trump? Like, yeah. Go ahead, please. Uh, okay. A uh, president uh, designates a lot of his authority, so I can see if you really have to be in charge of a group of people and have to manage them every day. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure about the whether I think uh, – Dr. Carson knew exactly what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do it, and he wants to be an advisor to him. He can go in, uh, you seek my advice on health issues, I'll give it to you, and I'll leave. And uh, that's what he wants to do, and I think uh, he has the right to do that. A lot of people don't want to be involved in all the political uh, shenanigans that go on. I do think that uh, he uh, has to be careful about who he puts in these offices and all of that, that they are true to his policies. I think that uh, I don't think that we should be talking about impeachment uh, at all. Uh, We need to give him a chance. I believe in giving everybody a chance. If I had, uh, I mean, when um, uh, the same thing happened in the election of 2000 that happened uh, here where I voted for uh, the the, uh, vice presidential candidate that did not win and Bush became president. Now, of course, the uh, war that he got us involved in took away a lot of things from what he was doing. But he did do some things, a few things in civil rights. But there again, I want to give a president a chance. Let's see what he's going to do. And uh, I think we need to uh, stop. Uh, We don't have to uh, be disrespectful. I think the presidency in itself, the power of it, the greatness of it, in a country that has tried uh, its best and has done so much for humankind that the head of it deserves a chance to uh, continue uh, so that we will be blessed. So I want to give uh, Mr. Trump a chance. 
I love it. I love it. And before we end and go, we have about three more minutes. I forgot to talk about one of the biggest points that Donald Trump ran on, and he ran on the economy, and he really tried to press in Obama-Clinton policies have failed. And he, and he talked about four in ten African-American children are living in poverty. Six in ten African-American youth are not employed under the Obama-Clinton. And he said he's going to bring jobs back. We heard that throughout the campaign. He wants to create mm-hmm. a dynamic, booming economy that will create 25 million new jobs. And one of the things he said in his campaign was, African-American, Latinos, what do you have to lose? <laughs> You know, come and vote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess I guess some of them did. But do you think we'll have a better economic situation under Trump? We could. Uh, the thing about all of these promises for jobs is that they're going to have to have a comprehensive policy whereby they will stop uh, if something happens. A, let us say a company moves to Mexico or something like that where they will have high taxes on the products that they try to ship back in. Also, we keep on fussing about uh, other people taking out the jobs. Are they the jobs that we really want? We complain about Mexican immigrants and other people coming in taking the jobs, but they do the job. If you've ever seen these people, they work so very hard. Uh, They leave nothing to uh, chance. They are sincere about how they work. And so uh, our people, I don't know if they want to pick oranges. (laughs) I don't know if they want to go out and uh, plant and do all that kind of stuff. And so uh, one has to be uh, very, very careful to say that uh, you are criticizing their being here, but you're hiring them while they are here. So there's a contradiction there that we need to say that a job, a good job, is a job. I look at uh, value as a job. I look at we have extraordinary, ordinary people, and I don't care what kind of job you have as long as it's legal. I am proud to say that you are contributing uh, as an American to our society. I don't care if you are a janitor or, or what. You are yep. contributing to our society. To our society. Uh, and you're a good person. And I th- yes, and I think that's what will make America continue to be great, you know, the diversity in jobs. We have one minute left, and, Mom, this was fun. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, I, 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 yeah, I love it. I love it. And, you know, we could talk about this for days to come. Um, But I did want to say thank you, and thank you to all the millions of Americans that voted. And thank you, Mom, for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with us about, um, you know, politics and election. Um, You have a Ph.D. in history, and you know what you're talking about. So it was was good. So let's stay tuned. Like you said, let's pray and support the president. And like all things, time will tell, right? Time with that. Right. So let's, yeah. So let's see. Let's see who he puts in office, and mm-hmm. let's keep our fingers crossed that he really does the best that he can possibly do for our great country, the United States of America. And yeah, with let's that, give him a chance. Every, <laughs> let's give him a chance. With that, I hope everybody has a wonderful Wednesday. Thanksgiving is coming up. 
and Christmas, can you believe, is almost here. So join us next time for another great episode of our podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.